gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 18th of 2020. Cannot believe it. It is episode number 50, broadcasting from our, uh, I guess you can call, top-tier studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. 50 hey, episodes. 50 almost a year. Almost, almost a year. Next week, it's going to be a year, dude. Yeah, pretty amazing. Kind of evolved the format over the over the last year and uh, I don't know I think we're uh, in the next year you'll see some uh, pretty cool things coming up too we're just going to continue to uh, evolve the podcast make it better for you I'm really looking forward to it I mean it's been a lot of fun I, I, and I got to say thank you I mean because this, this has been a lot of fun this all started with a conversation about trick or treat uh, <laughs> it did <laughs> and we're like Great. You know what? We should talk about movies because I think we can have an intelligent conversation, and we have. And like you said, we've evolved the show from talking about multiple movies to really focusing in on one and just giving a synopsis and our opinion about it. So I don't know how intelligent my part of the conversation is. Mine either. I'm a dumb radio guy. (laughs) Just but uh, hey, hey, hopefully it's entertaining to to you guys out there. (laughs) It is. Uh, horror movie news. Horror movie news uh, for episode 50. Two stories from Bloody Disgusting uh, start us off here. First, Happy Death Day. Director Christopher Landon reports that his next movie will be rated R and will qu- be, quote, gory AF. And AF, I don't think he didn't say AF. But the uh, film is untitled yet, but plot synopsis was put forth. It said, after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton star in the movie. Landon wrote the screenplay with Michael Kennedy. Should be nice. interesting. Yeah. Uh, seemed kind of interesting. Bloody Disgusting also reports that uh, in other rated R news, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, which isn't getting rave reviews, their uh, review is entitled Painfully Dull Fantasy Island is Uninspired Gateway or Getaway Devoid of Scares. Uh, <laughs> but it raked in more than three times its budget, pulling in $21 million on a $7 million budget. So Did it really? It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it PG-13 or uh, It is PG-13, but apparently the home video release will contain a rated R cut. Apparently, uh, director Jeff Wadlow shot a rated R film, and a rated R version was screened to test audiences, uh, but a few trims, and it became a PG-13 movie that's in theaters now. Hmm. Interesting. So. I, I might have to go see that version. Hey, can I go back to that previous story? Yeah. Wasn't last... Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn's last foray into horror wasn't that the shot by shot remake of Psycho? Uh, you may be correct. I don't know of any. I can't think of any other horror movies he's been in uh, offhand. But uh, trying to redeem himself. Yeah, maybe. Man, I don't know. Yeah, that that was. Uh, well, that was what it was. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested in Fantasy Island. It just it's got like an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And it just is not getting real good reviews. So, That's true. but you, you know what? I, I, what does that mean? You know, that, I love some uh, films that have been really panned. So maybe, maybe I should go see this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think we've kind of grown with our taste when it, you know, doing this podcast. That it's like maybe we're more on the side of the. Uh, of the uh, the critics than, yeah. than the audience, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it seems interesting, so uh, I'm sure I'll check it out at some point. We'll probably have it in uh, in the next year on uh, Horrorphoria. At some point, we'll probably be uh, reviewing this. I agree. Um, 
So we'll check it out. Other Blumhouse, uh, Blumhouse, I'm sorry, other Blumhouse news. Blumhouse's The Craft reboot has wrapped. They're finished filming. Craft actress Michelle Monaghan tells uh, iHorror.com that the movie is more of a reimagining than a remake. Uh, I think uh, the last time I saw The Craft was in the theater. So uh, Back in the 90s? Yeah, back in 1996. Wow. I think that's that maybe the last time I saw that movie. Um, and I don't uh, remember. The Straight Chillin' Guys. Who, uh, we're gonna have uh, somebody on. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to anyway, that. they did a they did a, uh, they did a, um, a review of it recently. That was pretty good. So, uh, but yeah. uh, I'd be I, interested to see this uh, new new take on it. I think the last time I actually saw that movie was probably on HBO, maybe back in the nineties. I remember th- thinking when this was announced that that movie was so rooted in the nineties that it was going to be hard to do a reboot of it. You know, I, I just remember it being a very nineties nineties movie. It was, it was almost like a, a episode of Real World with uh, with <laughs> witches or something. If I remember right, I don't know. I, I should yeah, probably see it again. Time. Maybe we'll do that one in the next year as well. Dread Central, a website whose very awful new theme makes the fans really loud on my computer, uh, reports that Lee Wannell says he's not involved in the Chris Rock uh, Saw movie Spiral. He recounts seeing Chris Rock at a party and Rock started brushing him off until he learned that he had written Saw. Then he was very interested in talking to Wannell. Wannell's listed on IMDb as an executive producer of Spiral. I don't know what that means, though. I don't really know how Hollywood works, so... uh, James Wan is also maybe they just get a credit uh, so they get a cut for it or something they get executive producer credit but well, uh, he should he says he's not involved but he's uh, listed in the credits so. <laughs> I'm sure hey, he, I'll take it yeah, maybe if it, if maybe if you're successful. from Hollywood yeah, what I'm saying is really dumb but uh, he uh, he apparently has no one he's saying that he has no involvement with it so hmm that's pretty much it for horror movie news. We got a lot to to get get going on here on episode fifty. So yes, we do. We'll move on. Hey, Special guest today. Hey, hey Andy. Uh, yeah. I, I think we just hit the triple crown. I so, think we did. So our friends over at Straight Chillin Podcast, uh, they, they, they've been friends. With, we've had Bob on. Yes, we've had Randy on. We have. But the one guy that we have not had on was the Cooter Hunter himself, That's the right. King of the Yabos. Justin, better known as Soju. Soju, what up? What up? It's your boy, Soju. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, man. Congratulations on the uh, 50th episode. I appreciate you guys having me on for such a special occasion. Well, we appreciate you being on for sure. Uh, We really enjoy listening to your guys' podcast. You guys are, what, five years plus doing a fantastic job over there. And I guess to let our listeners know, when you're not hosting the podcast, what is it that you do in Southern Korea? So I'm out here in Southern Korea and I just I'm an English teacher I'm out here. So I moved out here to live and to work. I've been out here almost three years now and I've kind of taken up. I love like the culture in the area and everything. So kind of taken up taking like pictures and videos of of the area before I like head out to kind of like commemorate everything. Yeah, I follow you on Instagram. Those pictures are fantastic. I think one of those places that I've always <laughs> Thanks, been. Um, so I, I'm curious, like with the American culture and teaching these kids English, is there anything that really intrigues them? Anything that we do in America that they just like, wow. Yeah, we try to work in um, a lot of cool things. Like one of my favorite things that we uh, introduced is like we do a holiday day. So like one of my favorites is, of course, doing Halloween. And like kids here, like they celebrate Halloween mostly because of their English teachers like coming in. So they know it is like 
oh, you come in and like English teachers give you like candy and stuff. But I always try to like go all out and do like the haunted house. We make masks and like I scare them and they just like <laughs> dig it so much because they like that. The idea of like going to your neighbor's house and getting like free candy. They're just like, what? Of course, I always like exaggerated out like your huge pillowcase full of candy and stuff like that. But they really get a kick out of that. And I really dig on it, too. That is fantastic. And you guys are not just doing the podcast. You're expanding your brand a, a lot. I know that Bob's got his uh, his new podcast, uh, Let's Get Physical Media. But you're doing something interesting on YouTube because you seem to be the YouTube guy. Your top, yeah. your, your top five, are you doing it like once a month? Yeah, doing like a top five Tuesdays. So um, sticking to the first Tuesday of every uh, month, we are or I'm releasing a like a top five video. So different themes. I've done uh, top five most anticipated horror films of 2020, and then I just dropped a top five Korean horror films. I'm gonna try to do things like top five underrated slashers, top five anthologies, stuff like that. So those should be coming out um, every month for the rest of the year. I actually did see the uh, top five. Korean horror films. I still haven't seen Parasite. Sorry, yeah, is that a yeah. spoiler? <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't seen Parasite, but I did agree with your top three for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I um, really gotten into Korean horror since I've been out here and it was tough. And even like some of those like we uh, brought up on our Slack channel, people like going back and forth like Korean horror is so specific because they do a lot of like genre like blending. And so saying like, is this horror? Is this horror? It's like sometimes like melts like our Western minds and like how we <laughs> peg horror sometimes. So it's really interesting discussion. And they're also really long, but uh, I, I love. Them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we won't get into the discussion we had about what's horror and what's not. We we had a discussion about mother. <laughs> we, oh, we just didn't oh, did yes. talk about that one. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was hard to watch. Anyway, yeah, and I even loved hearing your discussion on like the whaling, like even bringing some of those like ideas and stuff up. So yeah, it's um, pretty interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I love those. Anyways, uh, thank you again for. Uh, coming on with us don't forget to follow them on wherever you get your podcast straight chilling podcast.com and uh youtube what is it youtube sl- forward slash uh, youtube.com forward slash straight chilling podcast pretty much all our handles are straight chilling podcast awesome follow them and uh check them out and subscribe and whatever so we are here andy episode number 50 and again juice thank you so much for joining us episode 50 we are talking the top five horror movies in our hearts and minds because we're all horror movie fans absolutely first of all i and i also have to thank justin for being on this show uh we're such fanboys i'm surprised we don't have a uh, restraining That's order baloney. from these guys that uh, <laughs> he, he was actually willing to join us uh you know uh it's probably you know he's too far away for us to, to stalk him <laughs> like like the guys in jacksonville and chicago but uh but i do appreciate you coming on the show Je- justin yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on for 50. And uh, thanks for saving the best for last. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. All right, so this is way we're going to do it. We're going to go roundtable discussion. We'll start with our number five. So these will be our top fives. We'll get into a discussion about honorable mentions. And then it, this is almost the top 10 podcast, actually, because then right. we'll go just miss the honorable mentions. So, uh, Justin, you're our guest. Let's kick off your number five. Okay, my number five top horror. And man, this was like a really hard list to build up. But I'm going to go with Scream from Wes Craven, 1996. So uh, I was, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up in the 90s. And, um, 
there we've got some hits from there. You know, you got like Blair Witch and and uh, Event Horizon and stuff like that. But I don't think anybody's like <laughs> really putting the '90s up there as far as like contenders for the greatest horror decade out there. It's just it's not the best of them. But I feel like Scream is just a really special gem. Um, I love how they were able to take this idea and almost like by like kind of like criticizing um, like where the slasher genre had gone at that point, but also at the same time, like make in my opinion, one of the greatest slashers (laughs) out there is like at the same time, it's just like this, like this perfect storm um, almost of just like timing and the actors who are involved and just how it affected the culture and horror going forward. Um, I have to give my number five to scream. That is a great choice. Kind of that meta horror, like what they did with cabinet in the woods kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's so, it's so weird that you can like make fun of something, but then at the same time, like, make it the best <laughs> it's like yeah, really. that really intrigues me and being able to have like that opening kill is like such a brutal like slasher kill but then also have the campiness of like the um garage door kill and stuff like that and like literally telling you who the killer is within like the first 20 minutes of the film but you're like that can't be true like that like they wouldn't actually tell you and just like it just it kind of like blows your mind if you really start to like pick it apart piece by piece that is for sure. I, I, we should probably do a spoiler alert because we got to talk about these yeah, movies. I mean, I, moving to a tally, light yeah. spoilers, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That is. No, a- I, I, re- I remember uh, seeing this in the theater, and it, it was, it was. A t- it, I mean, the '90s had changed horror at that point, and you just you didn't see like the slashers that you used to see. And this was kind of a throwback to it, but but at the same time, really did a good job. Like just like Juice is saying here, uh, it. it when you, you know, I almost looked at it as like a scary movie type of, you know, one of those uh, parodies of it when it first came yeah. out. But it, it, it is in its own is a very good slasher movie. You're, you're very right about that. So it is unique in, in that it's, it's able to pull both of those things off where it's like, and it was a, it was a very much a commentary on horror too, I think, in, in the things that it said at the time. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I, back in the 90s, I was just getting out of middle school, getting ready to go into high school. So I was kind of stuck in my ways when yeah. it came to the particular kind of horrors that I watched. Mm-hmm. So I was all about the, you know, the old slasher flicks. But I appreciate Scream for what it did, because obviously the success of just that one spun off, what, five? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of them were all pretty good. I mean, there was maybe one that was that sucked, but... Right. Number five, good job. Andy, what's your number five? My number five is Nosferatu, the 1922 uh, uh, Murnau movie. Uh, I, I I saw this. I, I don't know. There, there's uh, varying degrees of completion you can watch this film in. I think I've seen the most complete version of it. I think the uh, vampire effects are still terrifying to this day. It's uh, it's still got a lot of the... Um, I mean, obviously, they, they actually did get sued by... Um, by uh, Bram Stoker's uh, estate or whatever for for making this movie, but but some of these same ideas, I think, uh, if they weren't put into this movie, you wouldn't uh, wouldn't have been popularized as far as vampires go. And I think 
to this day, it remains a very scary movie. I can't imagine having seen this in 1922 where you didn't have, you know, the internet to go back to and see see how they actually did this kind of thing. And, you know, movie magic was, uh, you know, kind of a mystery back then. I'm, I might have thought this was like an actual person. But, you know, uh, I, I think it's I think it to this day. Uh, continue is still a is still a really scary movie and it uh the ideas and things that it put forth were really groundbreaking uh and i think it's it's uh definitely one of my top five man you're going way back in the day i am <laughs> almost a hundred years old actually it is that's, now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's so crazy but you're absolutely right for a movie like that's like almost mind-blowing for a movie that's almost 100 years old to still be able to affect like we've seen a lot of things now like right. real life horror and just like movie horror and to be able to still affect us to this day almost a hundred years later it's just a testament to like how fantastic this film was made back in the day yep that's exactly what I'm saying, because yeah, horror and comedy really have a lot of times have a shelf life. You know, they just aren't going to be scary or fun or funny to the uh, next generation. And I think this just transcends that. Uh, and that that's what I think makes it a really great movie. Well, I think a lot of those universal monster movies too uh, do the same thing. Yeah, and I think not to the same extent. I don't I don't think like Frankenstein. My grandma might have gone to Frankenstein and been scared, but it's not going to scare me. I can appreciate for the film that it, it is and uh, see the genius in it from the time. But you know this this is actually I think kind of scary. It's a terrifying movie if you uh, you know turn all the lights off and watch it at uh, some time. It's 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 got some scary scenes in it. Still, could I ask you though? Yeah, w- would you give it a five? Uh, I would give all of these a five. Justin, he's never given a five when never, we're doing this. Podcast. I've never given a five. You're right. Uh, maybe, maybe I wouldn't give this five because it's not a complete oh, movie. Maybe it's it's not a complete movie. But yes, I, I would probably give all of these get a five for me. You're right. Uh, all right. <laughs> now we were talking about uh, Korean horror. <laughs> My number five, Train to Busan from 2016. Hey, there you go. To me, this is like the most complete. A zombie movie I've ever seen. I love the story. I love the acting. There is like so many feels on this movie. Um, the action is fantastic. So the gore. I mean, to me, it, it's just that that perfect storm of a zombie because we all know that that zombie genre has been so overdone and so overplayed that this just took an awesome spin to it. Um, the ending is heartbreaking. It's like like one of the times you actually get emotional watching a horror movie. But for me, I, it's just it's, it's the perfect I, that. that uh, I don't know. I feel it. I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. A train to Busan. It's like it's like pairing the ending. So you're talking about how the ending like affects you on an emotional level. And it, I feel like it hits so much harder even because of the thrill ride that you've been on for like the past two hours of this film. Literally, like I feel like it's a rare time where I felt like I was on the edge of my seat in like, in the modern day with a zombie movie like this is like between horror video games horror TV horror like movies like zombies are just like the go to this decade and just to be like have those feelings evoked at like for like almost two hours straight um, is truly like a testament and then to like want to cry at the end of oh, it yeah. it's, it's oh, like yeah. insane well see I, I thought the pacing was so perfect because it gave you that character development right at the beginning of the movie you know that this dad was kind of a 
piece of crap that didn't pay attention to his daughter, and she's so bummed out at, you know, at the uh, uh, the uh, little audition thing that she was doing or her, uh, her singing thing, and she couldn't do it because her dad wasn't there, and it just set that whole thing up perfectly. I gotta admit, I haven't seen this movie. You still haven't seen, <laughs> seen it. Still haven't seen oh no, no, you gotta I, get on that. I really am embarrassed right now. I made him watch the whaling, so <laughs> yeah, I was, no, that's, yeah, I was busy watching the whaling. I didn't have time to watch this, but <laughs> all right. So yes, right. Uh, Train to Busan, my but, number. You know what? Five. I mean, uh, to to be this is a this is an intriguing movie to me, me though. And from what you've told me, this really seems like something I want to watch. And I, I'm really done with the zombie genre. I, I just I'm not interested in really anything that's coming out. But this this thing interests me, and that I think makes it. Uh, it it's it's, it's got to be very good. It for, takes the tropes. It takes right. the tropes of zombies. Right. Makes them fast. I know you don't like fast zombies, but it's it's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch it. I, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm the only one who hasn't. Lose your horror card. I, I've already lost it so many times. I there don't know. Go. All right, Justin, number four, top five. Uh, number four, four is going to be John Carpenter's The Thing uh, from 1982. Um, this, to me, is... Um, kind of what makes horror great i guess <laughs> once we're getting into this like top five it's just the culmination of an amazing director an amazing script amazing actors coming together something that just to this day people want to argue over like the ending of this movie and like you know how does it all turn out and it just always leaves you with something to chew on every time i watch this movie i feel like i pick up on something new the effects so i guess this movie is what now almost 40 years old the effects in this film are absolutely fantastic it still scares me to this day and oh man i love watching john carpenter's the thing the blood test scene in this uh, movie is the most tense thing i have ever seen in a movie to this day. <laughs> i mean it, it, and i know what happens I, I, it's still intense well and the, you know, the, the, the chest shocking scene too where yeah. it just opens up and you're right justin the the effects on this are still hold up i mean practical and and you're like Damn. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a great movie. It's in my uh, honorables, actually, honorable mention. Uh, it is we're one not of, there. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're going to get to it. So it, it, it is one of my favorite horror movies as well. Uh, well acted, too. Um, I think it's a great movie. Lovely. Great pick. Uh, Andy, number four. My number four is... Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit during our director's episode mm-hmm. uh, where our number one director was Hitchcock. Psycho is my number four movie. So I'm, I'm digging back into the, yeah, into history with these things. But these are really what I consider the best of all time. So, uh, And again, I'd give this movie a five, five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it was groundbreaking. The shower scene is still terrifying. The uh, I think the, you know, the uh, angles and the uh, shots and the cinematography are still still really uh, impressive to this day. What year was that? Was that 1960? 1960, yeah. So they did. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Vince Vaughn. Oh, the 1998 <laughs> one. You know, it's the same exact movie. <laughs> the shot for shot? It's a shot for shot remake. <laughs> so I imagine that, I'll be honest, I, actually I did see that one time, I think. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's a good movie, too. <laughs> it's the same movie. It's the exact same movie. In color. <laughs> I, I did like Psycho. I think uh, Alfred Hitchcock did something with the psychological horror uh, you know, without without a lot of gore because it, there was color and it just added to the mood of that movie. And, and you know, 
Anthony Perkins playing Norman Bates was like one of the best, you know, the, the, yeah, I don't know if that was a budgetary decision or a uh, or artistic decision, but to put it in black and white was uh, was a smart decision. It was a genius decision as well, because uh, yeah, there there was definitely and he'd made color movies prior to this, so that's true. Um, I, I I think it's a I think it's a really great movie, and uh, I think it still keeps people uh, scared in the shower. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about this movie is like thinking about how many people psyche this has affected. Just like how many people get in the shower, close the curtain and think like of that psycho scene, like just so many. Even like before I knew what psycho was, like I knew that shower scene just because it's just like ingrained now in our culture. Right. There's like so many references to it, like across the media. And it's just like it is. It's just ingrained in so many people's psyche. And I think that is like a true testament to like how great this film was. Yeah, it seriously really is like that iconic scene. And I think secondary to that was the score, you know, that sharp right. chink, chink, chink. Yeah, super iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Number four is what we're at. Okay. Yes. Year four. 1973, The Exorcist. William Freakin. Oh. oh, boy. This, yeah, that, that spider scene down the uh, steps still affects me to this day. I mean, there is so much. It's gruesome. And, and um, what's her name? Linda Blair is mm-hmm. 13 years old, and she got put through hell, literally. And the Pazuzu, the, the flashes of that still scare me. Oh, yeah. I, the I mean, face, absolutely. Uh, no levity in this movie, except that maybe the director that got really drunk. Yeah. But, but, I, <laughs> I mean, it's like I could watch that like not even just like during Halloween. I, I could watch this movie anytime and having it on Blu-ray. I mean, it's I do. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It, it's a great it, it's still terrifying to this day, just like the uh, other movies we're talking about. Um, I I think it. it sets a mood that's uh it's almost like like the when i was a kid i watched this i i I almost like was afraid i invited something evil into my life by watching the movie you know it was it's such an effective movie and 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 sucks you into it so much you almost feel like uh you may should maybe should go uh get blessed or something afterwards to Mm. you know because it's uh it's it invokes such a powerful feeling of evil you know yeah and and it's like like you hear about all the backstage things that happened like it was possessed and some people died and you know it adds a little bit to it but i mean it's just that i don't know what it is about the 70s and like between the mid 70s and mid 80s is that this this grain even if they restore it it still looks so good and it's still like like moody for me so i mean it's and this is one of those ones when when i was growing up one of the first horror movies i ever saw um and it's just it's near and dear to my heart and i have another movie in here that really is near and dear to my heart that's older but we'll mm-hmm. get to that but yeah mm-hmm. my number four is the exorcist yeah yeah that's a great pick this is still like kind of my go-to like what's the scariest movie of all time like if i had to just like pick on a whim it would be the exorcist and it's crazy like thinking back like this was made in the 70s and even like the spider scene is absolutely iconic but some of the things that they like put on screen like the crucifix scene oh, yeah. like just like pulling apart these scenes and you're just like oh my god like some of the things that they say and do especially like having this little girl on screen doing them is just like really really disturbing Uh, yeah absolutely yeah uh okay we are at number three justin what's your number three horror movie of all time 
Number three. So I got to represent for this past decade. I've said it. I think it is my favorite horror decade of all time. And uh, God, I love this movie. The Beach, uh, The yes. Witch from Robert Eggers. Um, I and this is a bit where like I like I mean, you're going to have like bias a little bit, but I try to like. These other ones like have like the test of time on them, you know, like they're they're certified classics at this point. I just like love watching The Witch so much to the point to where like sometimes I'll just like randomly like be sitting around and throw on YouTube and be like, I got to watch the ending of The Witch like like and I watch it and I get like so excited just to watch these ending scenes. Um, Robert Eggers, I like love how excited this guy is about horror and the work that he puts into creating these worlds. It's like so respectable to me. And I think that really adds a ton into my like enjoyment into these, into the films that he creates. He's kind of like this like rock star, like in my mind, like this modern day, like horror, like rock star, he's going out there and he's like doing it his own way. And he's putting in this like meticulous Work And, of course, the cast, like, did an amazing job with this, like, intense dialogue that uh, the Caleb scene, like, where he freaks out. That kid, like, kills it. Anya Taylor-Joy, um, she is amazing in this film as well. And I just, like, I could watch The Witch over and over and over again. And the only thing against it right now is it just, like, hasn't had the time. Yeah, has it hasn't. I agree. Uh, I think the one thing is, and you were alluding to it, is that his due diligence. Um, I, I haven't seen The Lighthouse, but I heard you guys talking about it. Is that oh, his, his his attention to detail is is so on point that it just it, you know it makes the movie even better that it, that he's not sloppily trying to make you know just make a movie like what he's putting the actors through and and, and the conditions that they're in gives better performances. It does. And it's one of those things, too, to where, like, if you just read about it on paper or or like just heard this guy talking about it, I feel like it could so easily be one of those situations where it would be too much. Like, if you think about, like, the dialogue that he includes in The Witch, like, the first probably, like, four or five times I watched this film, I didn't have the subtitles on. And then one day, like, we just, like, somebody randomly had the subtitles on. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, just illuminating me to so much more because of how, like, true he was to the dialogue and how, like, kind of thick it is to get through. Um, But it just, I feel like it could easily be done but it just is a testament to how great of a director he is that he's able to get these performances with this intense like um, dialogue and it's just like still engrossing to me I find it just absolutely uh, like fascinating yeah I love that movie I think I've seen it three times so yes I enjoyed it very very much so good pick on that and I think your your point Anya Taylor joyed great performance in this movie it's it's uh, in the symbolism of the black goat and uh, I think black belt yeah uh, you know I I think it's um, it it is going to be a a classic we're going to be talking about this you know 30 40 years from now just like the the movies that we, we mentioned before and uh, that's maybe one reason this isn't on, on my list. And there's another one that's on yours that uh, maybe uh, I just haven't watched it enough to uh, get as much of the genius that that's in this movie. But it's definitely an amazing movie. Yeah, for sure. Andy, what's your number three? 
My number three is The Exorcist. We there you go. All right. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. Uh, again, a terrifying movie, and uh, it's it's a classic. Uh, and I give it five stars. <laughs> oh boy, look at this—a five star all day for Andy. My number three, and and Justin, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm kind of with you that that this decade, the 2010s, just produced so many wonderful things. And this movie that came out last year, in fact, just a few months ago, hit every pleasure point on my body when it comes to horror movies. And that was 2019's Midsummer. Yes. That, to me, was like such a brilliant piece of filmmaking. It was horrifying. It was depressing. You had a little bit of levity to it. Um, and we talked about this before, is the, where it was filmed. I mean, if you get a sense of dread when it's dark, but it's even worse when it's light and beautiful and, and you know, everything seems happy, but it's not. And, and some of these scenes, man, it was just like, oh, my gosh. And why Florence Pugh did not get nominated for she got Best Supporting Actress for uh, for what? Little Women. I mean, she could have been a Scarlett Johansson and got nominated twice for Best Actress. I mean, that was the best performance I've seen in a long time. But you're right. It can't be a number one or a number two only because it hasn't had time to marinate. But this is going to be a movie that sticks around that's going to help uh, uh, horror movies evolve down the line in a decade, in 20 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just another director. Um, many times, uh, Ari Aster, um, Randy has mixed up Robert Eggers and Ari Aster, <laughs> thinking they're like the same person or like mixing up like who, what, like what film belongs to which director. Sure. They are both fantastic. This is a film that has a ton of depth. And you're right, it, like it just came out, but it's going to be another one of those films where you're going to watch it for the fourth or fifth time and like see something and like it's going to completely change some aspect of the way you've like viewed the film before and it's just sitting there like waiting for you to discover and that i mean i think that's a true testament to um some of these like all-time greats is just constantly leaving you with like these little bits that you're going to discover like time and time again making you want to watch these films over and over and over again but this is absolutely a fantastic and beautiful film oh it really is and one thing to add to that is that the for Ari Aster, I mean, in both movies that he did, Hereditary and in Midsummer, is that he puts it right in front of your face and you don't notice yes. it until the second time. Second time, you like the tapestries, you know, right. he just lays yeah. it out there for you. Same with uh, Hereditary. I mean, there are things yeah. right there in your face that right. you're like, oh, okay. I think there's a lot of themes yeah. in both movies. And I think, you know, Midsummer kind of perfects what Hereditary started. Uh, yeah, you know, like the, the tapestries, the kind of foreshadowing things, the beautiful setting. You know, Hereditary was in uh, Utah. Utah, and uh, this is in in Sweden. Uh, and I think it, it is a genius movie. Just the decisions he made, uh, and the you know the the way the movie ended was perfect. Uh, and yeah, I I, th I think uh, <laughs> if I give this some time, maybe even I can give it five stars. Oh, okay. <laughs> like just... I gave it four and a half, didn't I? Would you give it, Justin? Oh, you, it was your uh, favorite. Probably five. Yeah, you, it was like, I, I think I'm pretty sure it was my number one pick for 2019 yeah. uh, when we did our top 10. Um, I'm pretty sure I gave it a five. Yeah, that's uh, a lovely movie. It was I, your number one pick too, right? It was. Yeah. It was for sure. All right, we're getting down to nitty gritty. Number two, Justin, what is your second most favorite horror movie of all time? 
Number two, you guys are going to love this. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Shining. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kubrick, 1980. Um, I love listening to y'all's cast on this because I specifically remember um, feeling that exact same way. Um, like... This is another movie somehow. I'm not sure how it got to this point to where I've seen it like so many times. But when I first watched it, I felt like it's long. It's like drawn out. There's um, like the the distance between like the characters because you only have the three of them. Um, and just so one time I'm at, I don't know. I've probably seen this movie. I don't know, like eight or nine times now, like maybe around like time three or four, something clicked and we covered it. I get like 2018 Halloween season, I think. And by that time I just like was so excited to watch it again and like I'm kind of locked into that position now. Um, it's like mesmerizing to me. And Kubrick is one of those directors that like I I physically cannot watch like Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. It like yeah. makes me so like physically uncomfortable, like what he does, like with the sound and the pacing that I literally like can't watch it. And I think that adds to kind of my like um, fascination with this film, because a lot of those same things like affect me on a very visceral level to where I'm like this this scene is going on too long like why is it taking so long like what's going on and it like it starts to affect me like on this physical level but um, now like Jack Nicholson that um, the gold room scene like when he's sitting at the bar is like one of my like all time favorite just like performances um, the way he controls his face is like fascinating to me he gives like an all-time great performance and I, i'm just like locked in now to the shining being like one of the greatest films ever made <laughs> i can appreciate that i mean i i, I understand the art to it and, and why people revere it so highly uh the performances are great even the even the kid uh shelly duvall got put through hell by stanley kubrick just to you know get yeah. that performance out of her you know, Jack Nicholson kills it. And you're right. I mean, the isolation in the three characters, you know, it, it all came together. Just did not. It didn't hit for me, I guess. I, I, you know, I absolutely can appreciate that the, the, the genius of this movie. And, and I wouldn't deny anyone, uh, you know, calling this a great movie. I think my complaints with it are very personal. And and this is a, this is a great one of the all time great best horror movies I, I wouldn't deny that at all uh my personal opinion is is a little different about it and might have something to do with the pretense of i'm not a big kubrick fan either uh yeah like uh eyes wide shut just grates on me it's like get this thing going <laughs> you know what is happening here you know it's like when yeah. are we gonna have something happen here you know and, and it is it's almost like and maybe that's being a really good director because he is evoking emotion in me uh, if that's uh, frustration and, uh, and like, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, it, it, this is definitely a classic. And I would not deny that. Uh, and and uh, I, I, I can see why why people absolutely uh, think this is a great movie. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I love listening to y'all's uh, cast because I like specifically like have a distinct memory of feeling that exact way. Like, yes, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> and kind of like the same ways with like understanding like, yes, I know it's like a classic. I feel like the same way about like Space Odyssey. I'm just like, yes, I know everyone loves this film. I literally can't make it through it. Don't ask me to watch it again. <laughs> so I, exactly I like I completely one. understand y'all's perspective 100%. There you go. All right, Andy. Number two. Number two. Uh, one of uh, I, I have two movies because I think they're kind of uh, they they should be viewed in tandem. Uh, Evil Dead one and two. Mm. So um, one of my personal favorites. I think it's it's one of the best indie horror movies ever made. The the uh, effects. Uh, I I think you know the first time I watched them were extremely uh, affected me quite a bit it, it's a movie that um, you know maybe 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 some of my own personal experience with the movie um, kind of affects my, my the way I feel about it I think I love the the arc of uh, of uh, Ash Williams you know uh, he starts out in the first movie he's kind of you know he's this loving boyfriend and uh, kind of a, you know maybe a timid guy and by the end you know he's been so affected by the violence and crazy stuff he's seen he's uh, uh, you know, we move into Army of Darkness, and he's a jaded, awful killer. You know? <laughs> so, I love the the arc it takes there, where uh, you know, I think I hadn't seen anything like that prior to that. Most uh, movies showed uh, you know that kind of thing affecting people in a different way, and and I I love it. I think it's I think it's a great movie, and, and I give them both five stars. Both five. Both do. of them. <laughs> Justin, uh, I actually. So I didn't grow up with this film and only have seen Evil Dead 2 once and we just covered Army of Darkness this past year. First time ever watching that film. And the first time I watched Evil 2 or Evil Dead 2, I just like was not prepared, like prepared for the zaniness of it. Like it completely threw me for a loop. I didn't really have a lot of context for this film. It wasn't one that I knew anyone who was like in love with it. I didn't grow up with it. And so having only seen it the one time and like being completely unprepared for it I would like did not know how to handle like the zaniness of it now having more like context and seeing like Army of Darkness I do completely like it, it definitely gives it more charm to see that like overall like arc now that I have seen all three of them I have seen Army of Darkness I kind of understand like where people are coming from on it but it was like for the longest time it was something that just like I couldn't sit well with and like something I like didn't want to revisit but now I'm like now that I finished kind of the trilogy I'm like okay I need to like sit back and like be able to like do it again and understand like the context better yeah and you know I I listened to your uh uh, podcast on, on that and, and I totally understand where you're coming from uh, I, I don't uh, I can see how you'd feel exactly how you feel about it and maybe there is some like nostalgia to it for me or something there this was uh one of those movie that movies that was really kind of forbidden when I was a kid and it was like you know uh kind of talked around uh, talked about on the playground is one of the uh most horrific movies you could watch you know so it, maybe there's some some of that that i'm that i'm putting into this as well but uh, but i really do think it it deserves five stars i think it's a great uh great movie um army of darkness i could see i could see um that's a very different movie than it's these like two. an action movie yeah that's more of like an action movie actually but uh and it's very different than these two uh i think it's a worthy successor to them both and i and i love it as well but um 
Uh, I, I do think it is, uh, I still find it scary. I think, you know, the, the, that was the first time I heard like a voice like that. I thought what they did with the voices was really, uh, really kind of terrifying. And it's, it's probably what I think the, is the, one of the best indie horror movies that was ever made. Agreed. You guys ready for my number two? From 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing about this movie and, and having more of an appreciation of of it as an adult is the aesthetic of it. It's You guys had mentioned it before that that the beginning, the, the whole beginning shot of, of the corpses melting, you felt hot. Yeah. You felt the stickiness from from a, the Texas heat or, or whatever. And, and it was just like, my goodness. And the way it all like kind of brought together, you know, you have these, you have these uh, teenage kids going to the, the <laughs> Franklin and, and what's her name's uh, Sally, uh, yeah. Sally <laughs> Franklin. God, that guy. <laughs> I, I think you guys covered Franklin very well in your, in your podcast. Sally, about Sally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love your analysis. Well, I, of that one character. of the things I love about Franklin so much is like, he, like you cheer for him to die, which is insane <laughs> really in this horrifying movie. But when he like is getting cut to pieces, you're like, yeah, <laughs> You're so right about that. I loved you the, the take you you guys had on it. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was Andy who said, "There's nothing that could be said about this movie that hasn't already be, been said." But I thought you did br- uh, really make some great points uh, on this movie. This is my favorite horror movie, so you've stolen my thunder. I, Sorry, I mean, dude. It's five stars. It's fine. But uh, I mean, this is absolutely my favorite horror movie. I think it is a a near perfect horror movie. Uh, it is genuinely terrifying it it is realistically terrifying it is uh you know just the situations that these people are put in are uh the way it's filmed it it puts you in those situations and it it is it is a scary movie i i don't know who could sit through this and not be affected by it uh it's it's one it's a movie that that has made me sleep with the lights on um, and I feel like if I went to the wrong house here in Wisconsin, this could happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we do have dairy farms out here. So. Right. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's just the way it's filmed. And there's something about these these classic or the these legendary horror movie directors of what they put their actors through to give out get out the ultimate performances with no budget and the, these people are willing to do it. So a lot of credit to the actors as well, because I mean, you read, you hear the stories and, and you read things that it was 120 degrees. This food was rotting. People are like when the camera stops, they're going off scene to go throw up because it's making them physically ill. And just every performance of this was, was just like, it, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's a, just a great horror movie. All right, you guys ready for number one? Yeah. Justin, what's your number one horror movie of all time? So my number one horror movie of all time is 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Andy, huh? Yeah, I mean, we might as well, like, it's... It is. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right on all aspects. The only other thing that, like, I kind of wanted to add is, like, for me, like, thinking about, like, the pinnacle of horror, not only that, but just, like, 
the like the aspect of being able to do these things that affect so many people that live in the back of so many people's minds and like being able to do it with almost no budget like getting these teen these are not like movie stars you know these are like teenagers um doing it in the backwoods of texas in in the extreme heat and stuff like that and still living up to this day almost 50 years later now and still being referred to as like one of the most horrifying movies of all time one that like truly affects like your psyche is is incredible and i love just that idea of horror of like and you can do it for almost nothing like the the amount of lives that you can affect and like just sit in the back of so many people's minds for just like almost nothing and i think that's like what's kind of great about horror is it's kind of like the the every man's like kind of movie you know like you don't have to like blow up cars or have these crazy special effects or anything like that if like you have the vision you can do it you can you can scare like everybody <laughs> like in the world and i think that's kind of fascinating for sure right no, I mean, I mean, uh, like you guys said on your podcast, I, I don't think there's much more you can say about this that hasn't already been said. Uh, it, it is a perfect horror movie, in my opinion. Five stars from me, um, and that's that's why we've never done, we're never going to do it on the podcast because I can't say <laughs> anything about this movie that uh, it, it, it's uh, that that would do it any justice. It's 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 a great perfect horror movie in my in my opinion talk about an ultimate scream queen though marilyn burns holy moly yeah, dude. yeah. there's a she yeah. had to have a sore throat at the end of that movie man oh gosh <laughs> that's like the last 15 minutes of screaming right yeah for sure <laughs> all right well this is kind of like Andy's number two where it's kind of a uh, sentimental to you and this movie's been done way too many times i.e rob zombie <laughs> <laughs> 1978's halloween that's your number one. That is my number yep. one. Yep. Number my one. Number, yes. Uh, a man after Bob's own heart. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Rob loves Halloween. Okay. I, I mean, I love it. I like number two. All right. I actually really enjoy Halloween three. And then anything after that just becomes crap. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Rob Zombie needs to stop making movies, dude. Seriously. That that was. I agree. 100%. <laughs> I totally agree with you there, and, and, man. And Justin, I'm with you. The, the thing about Halloween. Uh. The, the remake in, or in, I'm sorry, the sequel in 2018, it's middle of the road. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not spectacular. I, and I like the fact that, that, you know, it's the, uh, uh, the official sequel to Halloween 1978. Fine. I get that. But there was nothing spectacular about it. I mean, there were some great kills. There was storyline was okay. But I mean, for me, Halloween was like, it gave you, it gave you the ultimate slasher. It gave you the ultimate scream queen. You know, there was a little bit of levity in there. Uh, yeah, Dr. Sure. Loomis saying, yeah. Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And these kids <laughs> go running away. I mean, I love that. And, you know, the shape of being evil and, and the score of this movie still holds up to this day. You know, you know the theme song to Halloween. Anytime you hear it, you're looking behind you. Like, where's Michael Myers? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, in the slasher genre. I think I, I don't think I, I wouldn't deny this at all. This is a great movie and I, I, I can see why you made it your number one. Yeah. Uh, it is the best slasher movie. It, it started that uh, whole wave of movies in the 80s. It, it pretty much defined horror in the 80s as far as that went. Um, and and I think, 
you know, yeah, it, it does. It, it, Jamie Lee Curtis pulls in, brings in a great performance here. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, a lot of uh, things that that got set up that uh, you know were mimicked in a whole in. in to this day in this movie so and the kills were great yeah. and uh they even uh, made a great use of the cheapest costume you can have in Hall- for <laughs> halloween a sheep true. you know they made that terrifying yeah so. most iconic mask ever just taking uh bill shatner and just spraying right. it white <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i there's not a halloween that goes by that i can't watch halloween i like it's it's um you have to almost the shape um like the idea of the boogeyman just the slow moving um the horror that's just always going to follow you and always going to catch you yeah. um halloween is absolutely fantastic and funny enough the talking about um, doing Halloween in Korea is the song I would always play for my haunted houses. I'm always playing the soundtrack of um, Halloween just over and over. And the kids not even knowing like what this film is just you're right. It's like bone chilling to them. It just like scares them to their soul. And like they have no context for this film whatsoever. It's just that iconic. That's interesting. I, I, I like that. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> that that global that 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 score is just like whoa you know that it's scary yeah i mean it really like the kids legit i'll like put it on and like immediately like once they hear like it it like coming on from the next room they're just like completely on alert and it like that's a huge factor in the scares for sure well that there you go uh let's recap our top five real quick then we'll get into honorable mention so justin what were your top five uh, number five, Scream. Number four, The Thing. Number three, The Witch. Number two, The Shining. There's a lot of thes. And number one, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The. I think it's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, the, I know. I almost had to do I was like, okay, The, 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 The. Yep, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Andy. Okay, my uh, number five is Nosferatu. Number four, Psycho. Number three, The Exorcist. Uh, number two, Evil Dead 1 and 2. And number one, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. My top five. Number five, Train to Busan, The Exorcist at number four. Number three, Midsummer, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre at number two, and Halloween at number one. All so, right. uh, Justin, I know we're getting into your uh, weekend here, so we're going to we're gonna get through these honorable mentions. These are movies that maybe you can interchange with your five, or at least for me, um, when we you start thinking about your top five, just depending on what kind of mood you're in. So, so we'll uh, start with your three honorable mentions. Okay, coming in like really right at number six, and we don't need to talk about it much more. Was The Exorcist? Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's terrifying. It's iconic. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, and uh, it easily on a different day could make it into my top five for sure. Um, Another one, Jaws. So this was kind of an interesting one for me because I grew up in Florida and um, talking about like living in people's psyche and like how music can affect things and stuff like that. Anytime I'm in any kind of murky water, I think about Jaws of uh, growing <laughs> up like surfing and like living on the beach. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't realize like growing up like, hey, not everyone lives like near a huge body of water where you can't see what's underneath you. But for me, that like lives in like infamy um, of like Jaws and it is something that's always in like the back of my mind now 
And on top of that, talking about like how fantastic Midsummer is, this movie is like completely like it's Fourth of July. People are out on the beach. They're celebrating. It's all like for the most part out in the sun. And it's still like a terrifying movie. And another instance of where like sometimes less is more the stories of like how the robot didn't work very good and and like how that just almost kind of made it a better film because it restricted them more I think is like a really cool story um, so Jaws and also this is weird I'm, my last honorable mention so I do have a or I had a problem with the zaniness of Evil Dead 2 but a movie that I absolutely love and fascinated me from my first watch is the Japanese film House or Houseu which is insane as far as like Zane level goes um, but I love that movie have you guys ever seen it no I think it's on Shutter. I've always wanted to check it out. Yeah, oh my God, watch it. <laughs> it is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but from the very first time I saw it, it like completely fascinated me and I love it. It's from the seven, let's see, it's um, 1977 and it's, um, it's a like one of a kind film. It's completely unique and it is, I love it so much. Andy, what are your honorable mentions? Right, my uh, real close at number six is Wicker Man. It's uh, the original, the original of course, okay. not, not the uh, what? Eight not eight the Nick Cage, <laughs> <laughs> the bees. I, th- I think you really the got. Bees. You know, I think that uh, you know the paganism and that kind of uh, witchcraft type stuff really scares a lot of people, and I think it's really well done in this movie. Um, I, I, it doesn't scare that kind of stuff doesn't really scare me that much, but I, I think the movie is still scary. It's a, uh, you know, the, the acting of, um, uh, I can't think of the uh, guy that Edward Woodward in it is, is, uh, he plays the straight guy yeah, very well in, in that movie. And, uh, they're just, it, it's really well filmed. Uh, I have silence of the lambs at, uh, as one of them. Um, the only reason I didn't put that in my top five, I think is because it, it tends more towards a thriller, I think, uh, and, you know, I know we don't like to argue about what's a horror movie and what's not, but uh, uh, I think this is a movie that also affects a lot of people. Like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people were were scared by this movie for good reason. It's a scary movie, you know, uh, and I think there's uh, uh, it, it was very well done. Uh, Paranormal Activity is a, a uh, honorable mention of mine. I think uh, as far as found footage goes, that took uh, it up to another level. And really uh, did a fantastic job of uh, of making that terrifying again. Where um, Blair Witch is another one of my honor. If I'm gonna get a fourth one, Blair Witch would be the fourth uh, probably. And when that first came out, it was it was an amazing scary movie. Yep. It's been parodied so much, and it just isn't scary anymore. But Paranormal Activity took that back, and and I think made that kind of evolved it for sure scary again. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, here's mine. Uh, The Conjuring from 2013. I think it established like some sort of Wanniverse. You know, all these, you know, there's some some very poor movies that have come out. But I think that really kind of set the bar when it comes to scary movies. I mean, the iconic clapping scene, Mm -hmm. you cannot go wrong with that. The movie itself is a high tension type movie. Uh, Paranormal Activity, I'm with you on that one. I think the evolution of the found footage was was great, and I love the build-up because they took what the Blair Witch was successful at in building this tension, and they did it even better for Paranormal Activity. And at number eight for me, dude, this is my childhood favorite 
Poltergeist from 1982. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Toby Hooper movie produced by Steven Spielberg. Right. The practical effects in this are phenomenal. I mean, the whole movie itself is so good. It's one of the few like horror movies nobody dies. And, and and it's oh like, wow yeah you're right yeah and it's 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 got so much it, it's got some gore to it yeah. I mean the whole meat scene where it's crawling across and just almost explodes the guy peeling off his face right. you're absolutely right and for some reason it sits in my mind it's like a movie where I'd like if I hadn't seen it in a while I'd be like yeah you could probably watch that with your kid like I have it like yeah, it's the, like maybe because nobody dies but it is like really scary no it is I mean you got the you got the uh, tree you know the tree that eats the little boy how about the clown that wraps his the clown oh my <laughs> gosh I mean it, it takes a lot of your fears and goes with it you know Joe Beth Williams was swimming with real uh, freaking skeletons that's right yeah oh yeah and uh, the curse that's like a cool story behind like the whole thing yeah the curse set and everything that's yeah and the best overacting craig t nelson (laughs) you only move the headstones (laughs) 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 great freak out scene there by the way uh and then these it is almost like a top 10 now that you that you know things that aren't in your top five maybe but they're they're at that lower top 10 so justin you have a couple for us yeah, honorable, honorable mention, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I got to go with Alien from Ridley Scott, 1979. To me, it's just like the ultimate space horror. Any other space horror I see, I just compare it to this movie. And another great example of like doing something fantastic with kind of less like, you know, this guy walking around in essentially like a gimp suit or whatever, but like, and then like not being able to show it and be like, oh no. But I mean, it just adds to the fear of it and just makes the movie even that much better and it's just one of those aspects i love of horror um night of the living dead um romero and this movie i actually saw it for the first time when we covered it i think two halloweens ago and um it, it held up very well for like my first viewing um just seeing how like the idea of the zombie was kind of established by him and like the the idea of the swarm like them like kind of crowding in on the house like still was like very effective to me of course it is public domain so you're gonna see it in like every other like horror movie in the background lords of kids <laughs> yeah. And finally, Trick or Treat, which to me is like the ultimate Halloween movie outside of Halloween itself. But like when I, I think like a boost it gets, it's like also just like one of the best anthologies. Oh, like yeah. very few anthologies are able to like kind of tie stuff up as well. It like to me watching this movie, it is the season of Halloween like pushed into a movie like all the fun all the scares like all the zaniness of it um trick-or-treat is like such a fun movie to watch at halloween and get you excited for that which it's weird because like halloween is so synonymous with like horror like they're so wrapped up so i had to give some props to trick-or-treat love that anthology it is fantastic we we actually just reviewed it uh back in october yeah we did yeah yeah i enjoyed hearing about that too because i was it but then made me want like some halloween <laughs> it's like oh no it's too early uh andy uh, i think the only one we haven't mentioned so far that i have uh 
is Dead Alive, Peter Jackson film. Oh, I think God. it kind of. Uh, I like it. It's it's a little over the top uh, gore, and I liked what he did with it. Uh, it you know, in the zombie genre. So yeah, yeah, well, it's a good choice. They, and you know, again, these are not bottom tier by any means, but uh, the invitation. I love that movie from 2015. Oh man, that one's so good. Yeah, I mean, that movie is just. It's it, it's basically like. You don't know what's happening until the very end, you know, and and people are getting hunted. So, I mean, to me, that was a fantastic Shaun of the Dead. You cannot go wrong with from 2004. <laughs> yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's gory. It's got heart to it. I mean, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did a fantastic job with that. And then I went with Evil Dead too because you can watch Evil Dead too, and you've seen Evil Dead. So, to me, it had a bigger budget, but it's always something that I could watch and and get some enjoyment out of. So there you go. All right. There's our top pretty much 10, I think. Hey, Justin, thank you so much for uh, joining us for episode number 50. We're going to let you go enjoy your weekend. But where can people find you and listen yeah, to Yeah, uh, uh, so uh, if you want some other horror perspectives, you can check us out um, at straightchillingpodcast.com. Um, all of our handles, YouTube, forward slash straightchillingpodcast. Uh, we play horror video games. If you're into that, um, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash straightchillingpodcast and then do like horror video game reviews on our YouTube and stuff like that. So check us out there. And if you're curious about some travel videos, um, curious about Korea or anything like that, you can check me out on Instagram at Justin Abroad. And I have a YouTube channel as well that is um, just Justin Abroad. And I post uh, Korea videos there. Dude, that just rolled off your tongue. You must say that a lot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the straight chilling podcast part I do. I feel like I say I like, have to have that spiel ready every week. I don't talk about the Justin Abroad stuff too much. But yeah, I kind of got awesome, straight chilling stuff ready. No, the Instagram is fantastic just because you, you do give us a perspective of what South Korea looks like. So we appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, Justin, thank you so much. And uh, don't forget to listen to the Straight Chillin' Podcast each and every week. They've got a new episode. And uh, we're wrapping up episode number 50 and uh, saying thank you to Justin and the rest of the crew at Straight Chillin' Podcast. This is the Horror 4 Podcast. Talk to you soon.